How can we, as creative educators and entrepreneurs, find our authentic voice, get real in a world where real is hard to come by, and share our vision, all while making some serious money and keeping it all balanced? Hey, it's Alyssa with the Teacher Hustle Podcast. I'm a teacher, mom to three toddlers, self-proclaimed French fry connoisseur, and a marketing and launch strategist to teachers. I'm answering all your burning questions about starting and growing an online business using your teacher genius. In these podcast meets magazine style episodes, I'll give you simple mindset shifts, business tips, and inspiration to help you turn your passion into an income that makes an impact without being overly complicated. You know that one thing you can't stop talking about? We're going to share it with the world. So grab a cup of coffee and let's bring your wildest ideas to life. On today's episode, I'm interviewing one of my good friends and a member of Team THU, Laura Beam. Laura is a social media and digital marketing strategist for mission-driven business owners who want to amplify their impact online. She helps clients tell their unique stories with sustainable and creative strategies, design, and implementation. With a background in wellness and certified as an integrative health coach, Laura is also passionate about helping small business owners achieve practical and lifelong wellness to support their ambitions and the impact they want to make in the world. She believes that radical self-care is the most powerful tool people can use to fuel the lives and businesses they ultimately want. She is currently based in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, and in every spare moment, you can find Laura hiking with her pup beans, traveling, cooking, and reading in her time off. You are going to love this episode with Laura where she dives into all the things sustainable marketing strategy and all the things wellness and self-care and how the two come together. We even give you a sneak peek behind the curtain of THU and what we've been working on um, in, as far as our marketing strategy goes so you can get a little look at what we are doing. So sit back and enjoy this episode. All right, I am here with Laura. Laura is my marketing lead for Team THU. We met, oh gosh, a year ago, maybe? Yeah, I don't even know. I can't keep track of time. <laughs> <laughs> Laura and I met about a year ago. We worked on a team together for another client and we instantly hit it off and became really two marketing nerds together in one room. And whenever we get talking, we can't stop. So I knew I wanted to bring Laura on the podcast to meet all of you listeners and to bring her advice. So Laura, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. And can you tell the listeners who aren't already familiar with you, who you are and kind of what you do for business? Yes. Thank you for having me. I am a big Alyssa fan, as you know, as I always tell you. Um, my business is B-Flow. I also, um, like Alyssa mentioned, am the marketing lead for Alyssa. And, um, but with B-Flow, we are a social media and digital marketing studio. So we primarily work with socially conscious solopreneurs and often small businesses um, people who want to make a positive impact in the world we live in, and we help them amplify that impact and elevate their brand with sustainable social media strategies, design, and also some implementation. Amazing. What What is your favorite type of entrepreneur to work with? You said socially conscious. Yeah. So basically, we 
just love working with anyone who has a strong mission on their heart to make the world a better place and people better people. So we're just very service-oriented, mission-oriented people. And when I say we, I mean me and my business partner, Stephen Sawyer. He's also my partner in life. And uh, yeah, we just really have a heart for service. So that is a big part of our core values as a business. I love that. And your teachers, I think we are, I like to think that we are also your ideal audience because we are all on a mission to make more impact on education and kids. So we would love to hear from you on, um, especially I think because sometimes because we have a mission on our hearts, we can get a little lost when it comes to making sure that what we're doing is actually making a difference in the income we're making. And we are wanting to do all the things, especially when it comes to social media, it can feel really overwhelming. And we're already, a lot of us, teaching full time. So the time that we have left over for social media is not much. So how can we make social media marketing work and generate the income we want and the impact we want, but also make it feel manageable? That is a really good question. It's the question of the age. Social media can definitely be extremely overwhelming, but it is possible to make it manageable in the context of everything you do. I think it's important to consider your life and your business when you're approaching social media. So it's all about reducing that feeling of overwhelm. And for me, this comes down to three different things, mindset, wellness, and having a really good minimal strategy. So in terms of mindset, it's making sure that you find a way to approach social media with joy and to find joy in your in the way you choose to show up and be visible there and to tap into your unique creativity when you do get visible. So kind of approaching it from that lens as opposed to, oh, this is a thing that I just have to do. Because um, your audience really can sense whether or not that passion for what you do is shining through energetically. In terms of wellness, and we talk about this a lot, but it's really about creating strong boundaries around your life, your business, and technology so that your whole identity doesn't become wrapped up in your business. Because I think that when that happens, people start to overwork and they neglect parts of their life that make showing up online and being visible on social media manageable. So if you're a whole human being supported by your wellness, your business and the people that join you on the path of your business will be better for it. Um, So let wellness support you. And then that last piece of having a great minimal strategy, I know that you're big on this and you know, you're always saying to your people, no fingers crossed method, which I love, and um, just trying tactics and hoping that they work. So having a strategy means really putting thought and intention behind your all of your endeavors, determining where and when and how you want to show up, and only picking those things that are A, enjoyable, B, appropriate for your business, and C, appropriate for your target audience. Um, having a good strategy means putting a repurposing and a recycling strategy in place so that you're not starting from scratch with new content every time you sit down to create. It means 
batching-like tasks, measuring your results with analytics so that you know, and not just analytics, but also in terms of how you're feeling. So what you're enjoying, what you're not enjoying, what's performing well, what's not. And then from there, capitalizing on what's working and then eliminating what's not. And then to me, the last piece of strategy, and I think where a lot of people get stuck, is integrating it into their life. So it's nice when you know what to do. That's all fine and good. But when you neglect to put uh, a structure around when you're going to execute it, what happens is people just do it whenever they have time or like while they're sitting on the couch, they like post their social media thing as opposed to giving it a real structure and a place and their schedule. So that's sort of my my two cents on eliminating overwhelm and making social media a little bit more manageable. I have so many areas I want to dig into with you. Uh, we'll be here for hours, but we just had our we just had our marketing meeting to give people a little behind the scenes glimpse of how a marketing lead works and on a team. We just had our content meeting right before we recorded this podcast, and what we did inside the meeting was really pick a marketing focus for the next month and then purposefully and intentionally decide on what content we're going to create um, to help people make the decision about joining Teacher Hustle University, which is going to open in January. Um, so to me, that meeting is so valuable because we were able to bounce ideas off of each other to be more intentional. So even if somebody doesn't isn't able to hire a marketing lead, What's the importance of being able to bounce ideas off of one another? Oh my goodness, that's huge. So I really feel like a lot of times we get stuck in our own kind of worldview and our own perspective, and that can be extremely limiting. So I'm a huge advocate for putting yourself in situations where you are getting challenged on a regular basis and where you're getting exposed to ideas that aren't your own. And a lot of times in marketing, getting experiences outside of the marketing realm can inform and fuel a good marketing approach. So just the more people with a different worldview than you, you can have, I think the better. And even just like if you don't have that person that you can hire, it could be getting a consultant. It can be joining a community where you can get input from other people. You know, it can be asking your sister what her perspective, her outside perspective is on whatever challenge it is that you're facing in terms of, let's say, like your marketing messaging. Um, because like something you said in the meeting was, I'm so close to this so I need someone who's a little bit further away to take a look at this and uh, see it from a new angle and a fresh lens. And that's just invaluable. You know, you need to be able to do that on a regular basis. Yeah, totally agree. The other thing that we often talk about is boundaries. And you mentioned that when you were answering the last question. And I call you my my idol when it comes to setting boundaries <laughs> because you are so good at it and I am so not good at it. So what are some of the best ways that we can set boundaries and really, like you said, set a time that we're working on our business and stick to it so that we're not just working whenever? Hmm. Well, first of all, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm uh, definitely a work in progress 
um, when it comes to boundaries. I think that we all are. The first thing I'll say is that I think it's extremely important to acknowledge that having boundaries is really, really, really hard and difficult and that that's okay. When you enact your boundaries, you're going to ruffle feathers. You're going to not always feel good and fluffy, you know, but that doesn't mean that it's not the right path. Um, Actually, if you feel sticky when you're kind of enforcing your boundaries, it's probably the right the right thing, you know, especially if you're a people people pleaser. But in terms of boundaries, this does look different for everyone. But for me, it's about asking myself, what are my values, like my personal core values? So not just your business values, but what are my personal core values? And then making sure that my actions are aligning with those values and making action steps based on the things that aren't happening. And so I kind of think of boundaries in three different ways. There's self boundaries. So what do you need to do to honor how you want to feel and what you want to achieve in your life, the way you want to live? So for me, it's important to have pretty firm morning and evening routines, a non-negotiable lunch break, and weekends off. And it becomes about upholding those boundaries that I'm setting with myself. You know, I think sometimes we think boundaries only apply to other people, but it's actually sometimes keeping the promises that you make to yourself is how you get more confident confidence with setting boundaries in general. So self-boundaries. And then relational boundaries. So are there people you need to take space from, maybe for your mental health? Are there people you need to get to know? Do you need more community? You know, maybe you need a weekly date night or something like that. So any kind of boundary that has to do with interacting with other people. And then the third facet, I think, and this one's massive, is technology. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And this one I think is especially important when it comes to social media and whatnot and having to use it for your business because you probably use it both personally and for your business. So it's really making sure that you are living proactively as opposed to reactively and that you're not a slave to the pings on your phone, So, which most of us are. <laughs> so how can you regain control? You can turn off your notifications. You can enact daily downtime. You can focus on being more present with your loved ones as opposed to scrolling because scrolling is not marketing. So yeah, for me, boundaries, it's such a broad topic, but it really boils down to just making sure that you are reflecting on a regular basis and super self-aware of what you need and then making a plan of action to address what you need. You've been helping to coach inside Teacher Hustle University, and uh, this is kind of some of the coaching that you do. And I think that the coaching on it is so important because for me, I forget or (laughs) neglect to even make time to reflect. Yeah, I might think to myself, oh, I really need to enforce that boundary or, oh, I really need to take a lunch tomorrow, but then I don't actually do it. So the accountability works when it comes to boundaries too, having the accountability, having the time to reflect, having the help with it especially if it's something you struggle with, that part is really important, I think, too. Yeah. And along those lines, I was just going to say that you used to, one of the ways we connected when we first met is that you used to check in on me all the time. (laughs) 
you would say, you know, how's it going today? Or did you take a lunch today? Did you drink your water today? And I used to think, who is this person? I just met her and she's checking in on me. That's so sweet. Like, how does she even know to do that? And I think, but I think having that accountability when it comes to boundaries and wellness is so important. A hundred percent. And I really do think a lot of people don't see wellness as a necessity, but the difference is that I see it as an absolute necessity. I see it as a lifeline for your relationships, your business, the way that you work. You can be your most productive self. If if work is your main motivation, then the motivation for wellness is realizing that it's a lifeline for being the best you can be in your work and being a thought leader and then being everything you need to be in the other parts of your life. So um yeah. I'm I as you know, I am a huge advocate for never skipping lunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you would not be happy with me. I I think I skipped breakfast and lunch today. So then let's go back to some of the routines that you talked about when you were talking about self boundaries. And and let's talk about it. You talked about morning and evening routines. How can we begin? Hopefully you can't hear my stomach grumbling in the background. <laughs> How can we begin setting these routines, including lunch, so that in a way that we actually follow through with them and feels good to us? That's a really good question. Um, I do think this is personal, um, depending on who you are, what your learning styles are, all of that kind of thing. However, there's a couple things I'll say. Wellness doesn't have to be this like big, floofy, bougie, time-consuming thing. You know, it it's something that can come in small, tiny moments of joy and self-care. And that doesn't mean that it's easy or that it's going to, you know, come naturally all the time. It's definitely not going to, but it's really about slowing down, getting yourself out of autopilot and learning to listen to your body and then to proceed with intention in simple ways. Honestly, it's kind of like marketing. Like what we say about having a marketing strategy, that's – you need a strategy. You need to be aware. You need to take a minute to assess what's working and what's not. There is a reality with business where you do have to work hard. You have to have grit and especially with the teacher hustle thing, like maybe you also teach full-time or part-time or whatever your unique situation is, you do – when you have an online business or any business, it requires grit and hard work. There's just no two ways about it, you know. But the difference is I just don't believe that we have to be in this constant state of like busyness and rushing around, which I actually think is rather unproductive. Instead, I think proceeding with intention, strategy, and living your life with excellence and not just in busyness. It's like this kind of ridiculous thing about modern society that we're all running around. Like, And and how can you slow down, have more intention in what you do, be present when you're working, work with excellence. That doesn't mean you do a less good job, but also when you're with your family, be present with your family you know, make space for leisure, hobbies, other parts of yourself that you value that aren't your job, you know, stress management techniques that are really going to work for you. In terms of just like practically speaking, again, I actually think this is very similar to 
both of our philosophies around developing a marketing strategy. You have to develop self-awareness through reflection. So identifying what you value and assessing whether your actions are aligning with your values, checking in on that monthly, setting up you know, systems and a structure for integrating that into your daily life. So maybe you're literally mapping out a calendar and making appointments with yourself so that your personal commitments become just as important as your work commitments. For me, again, like the the routine of the bookends of my day, so morning routine, evening routine, making sure that I'm scheduling my off time and that my off time is just as intentional as my work time is. You know, like for teachers, you can I usually schedule all of the things that I see as a non-negotiable for my self-care and then because I have my own business, I plug in my work schedule around those things. For teachers, that's going to be for most of them likely very different where they have kind of a set schedule. So then the other things get scheduled around it. But it's really about setting boundaries and making intentions around that off time. And then like you said, just having a support system to keep you accountable, I think, is massive. You know, not feeling like you have to bite off the whole wellness journey. Like where can you find small, tiny ways to like create a little wellness revolution in your life? What are some small, tiny ways? Because I feel like if if I want to tackle wellness, I have to be getting a weekly massage, which I would love. But <laughs> <laughs> what are some small ways we can just begin this journey? I think it is as simple as making sure that you eat lunch. So for you, whatever that means for you that you need to do to eat a nourishing lunch so that you can fuel your brain – um, and be the best you can be and also for your mood so that you can deal with all the kids and have like a sound state of mind. Um, you know, maybe you need to meal prep. Maybe you need to hire someone. Maybe you need to get one of those like um, services where they deliver things. Maybe you need pre-prepped meals from Trader Joe's. Whatever it is that you need to do to make sure that you are eating lunch. I think that's a small way. Making sure that like if you have 10 minutes in the morning and an hour in the evening, how are you using that time to either energize yourself for the day or to wind down for the day? You know, reclaim those like tiny pockets of time and make them intentional to kind of achieve what it is that you want. So by that, I mean like in the morning, instead of waking up and immediately checking my phone and skipping breakfast and kind of like hectically going about my day, instead I've kind of predetermined I wake up, I take my supplements, I drink water, I cook a quick breakfast, and I walk the dog because I, I do have I do need to do that. And actually it's a blessing because it gets me outside. But like that's my that's my set. And maybe I do like a 10 minute breathing routine. You know, and you adapt it to whatever amount of time you have, but you know that you've crafted it just for you. And um, you know, in the evening, it's like maybe it's a little skincare routine. 
and then be present with that, you know, really like find gratitude for those small moments. And I think that what happens is you kind of get addicted to that feeling of taking good care of yourself and what it gives you because it gives you so much in return. Other small ways, I think especially for um, teacher business owners or any business owner is finding stress management techniques that really work for you. I think stress management is massive. Taking care of your mind is just as important as taking care of your body. It does not have to be super time consuming. Maybe it's 10 minutes of breath work. Maybe it's a 20-minute Peloton yoga class on the weekend. You know, move if you do one thing like daily movement, even if it's 20 minutes or 15 minutes, you're going to be good at the end of your life because you're taking care of your mobility. You'll be able to climb mountains with your kids. You know, those are small habits that reap huge rewards in the long run. So that was a lot. It does vary from person to person, but. <laughs> and where do the two come together? Because I think I maybe missed an opportunity to ask you this question earlier. How did you end up coming bringing marketing and wellness together? Two things that feel quite opposite, which actually you just did a great little analogy to bring them together. But how did you in your life journey bring together wellness and marketing? And then how can we? Oh my gosh. Well, so wellness came first for me. I, there was a time in my life where, so I used to be a performer, a musical theater performer. So dancing, singing, all the things, which takes a lot of energy, as you know. And so there came a time where I was just so emotionally strung out because I was like skipping meals. I had no time. I was always on stage or doing classwork or doing like my millions of side jobs while I was auditioning, like really struggled to take care of myself, couldn't find time to work out. And I also ate terribly at the time, but there kind of came a point where I went to the doctor and there was a health issue. And I was like, oh, I'm not invincible. Like this this is actually affecting my life. And I had always wondered why my energy was so low. And so then I just got obsessed. I went on this quest to like be how do you be a busy person and find wellness and integrate it into your life. So I started putting movement into my life. I really just changed the quality of my meals and I made myself eat no matter what. It was the first priority. You know, busy, not an excuse. Like it was a mindset shift for me. And so for well, the wellness piece, basically something happened to where it just became important enough to me to make a change. And I felt so good after that that I just wanted to share it with everyone. <laughs> and then the marketing piece, that's just something that I kind of – came upon and was really good at it. I'm a creative and so I love like creating assets and strategizing and all of that kind of thing. And then I discovered in working with business owners that they were also all strung out and like, (laughs) you know, because they work all the time, all of their passion and their heart goes into their work. And meanwhile, these other facets of their lives are struggling because they aren't getting that 
like fuel and that energy and because all the energy goes into your business. And I was like, that's a shame because this is a brilliant person, you know? And so then I started becoming passionate about entrepreneurs and making sure that they're giving back to themselves and pouring into their own cups because really when you pour into your own cup, you can give out of that and you don't give out of reserves of things that you don't have. Oh, that definitely, definitely resonates. And it's so interesting because a lot of us as teachers go into the business side of things because we're looking for more time mm-hmm. with our family or more financial freedom so that we can go make more memories with our family and not feel stressed by debt or not being able to afford yeah. a vacation. Um we go into it with that mindset and that's what we want out of our online business. But then we get kind of stuck in this cycle of trying to do all the things, trying to, we're consuming all the podcasts, you know, we're lifelong learners. So we're, we're watching YouTube videos, we're reading blogs, we're doing everything we're supposed to be doing to grow our online businesses, but then it's actually not moving in the direction we want. And all of a sudden, a lot of the people I work with are, they say like, oh, wait a second, this isn't working. And now I'm drowning in to-dos and I can't get them done. And I'm more stressed than I was when I started my online business. So what what's the solution for that? How can we get to that goal we want to achieve, but not sacrifice our wellness in the meantime? I think the big thing is having a strategy on all sides like we talked about. So making sure that your marketing and your business has a strategy and a support system because accountability is also a big piece of it. And then also that the wellness side has a strategy and a support system underneath it so that you feel fueled by more than just your self-discipline and really not being afraid to jump into it. So I, so many people just will not carve out that space for their lunch break. And even if you don't have time for a lunch, you can pack your, like a whole hour, you know, you can pack a lunch and like eat in five minutes. So it goes beyond making excuses into finding your real why. Sometimes it's a health issue. And then other times it's Things like, I want to climb mountains with my kids when I'm in my 50s or 60s or 70s, you know, or like, I want to travel around the world, like, or I just want to be able to keep up with my kids at the picnic when they're running around. You know, I think that like really tapping into your why is the biggest thing you can do because, and that's so cliche, but it's the thing that makes it worth it above all else and really buying into the idea that if you feed your if you nourish yourself if you nourish your mind and your body that you also nourish your business so slowing down enacting some sort of reflection process where you genuinely check in with yourself and just always ask yourself if what you're doing is aligning with what you really want And if it's not, or even if it is, make sure that there's a strategy in place. So it's not just like fingers crossed, let's do this. (laughs) You know, it's like, what's your plan? If there is no plan, then start with a plan. 
you can always reroute. When we're looking at analytics on social media, you know, we know what works and we know what doesn't because we're looking behind the scenes under the hood, you know, and Mm -hmm. we might try other things. Okay, that didn't work. Let's try something else. And that's really all it is, is taking, being proactive and taking agency over your life choices. You have a choice. And I think a lot of people are really good at doing that for business because it feels so necessary. Like you have to pay your bills. But what if you did that for, you did that with that much intensity for your own self worth, you know, and your own like wellness. It it is that necessary. And (laughs) so I'm, I'm obviously extremely passionate about it, but (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I am thinking to myself, you're exactly right. That should go in the calendar first and it should be non-negotiable and everything else should be scheduled around your wellness. So I know that I will go eat lunch after this episode. Yes. <laughs> to the point where it's like, if a meet, if like something comes in where it, I'm trying to think of an example, like maybe you get another calendar request for something. It's like, no. During this time, this is completely grayed out. Like Nicole says no. Nicole, your assistant, <laughs> says no. <laughs> you know. Right. Um, and I think for those that are that are teaching full time and, and trying to do their business and their wellness and be with their family all around the teaching. Yeah. How do you manage it when your schedule is already so tight? Yeah. I mean, there's, I think there, again, there is the reality that having a full-time job with the site, with developing a business, with a family and all of those things, you have to make sure that you're pared down to the things that are really moving the needle in terms of what's happening outside of the full-time job. And you have to work within the constraints you have, but you always remember that the constraints, constraints are optimal for any kind of creativity and growth. In fact, a lot of people do better with constraints. So approach it from that mindset of how can I make this work? You know, let's say you want to do daily movement and you want to make sure that you're eating a nourishing breakfast and lunch. Like what do you need to do to make that successful? You know, do you need to, do you have an hour on a Sunday to make sure that you have your, have like some chicken and veggies prepped? Do you, or do you need to go to Trader Joe's and get like one of their pre-prepped meals for movement? Like what's the smallest viable amount of time? Maybe you have 20 minutes at like 5 a.m. You know, like it doesn't mean that it doesn't take sacrifice but you will be better for it. And I think a lot of times doing it over the long haul, creating that habit and that routine, you see the benefits when you experience the energy later over the long run. So it's not just about how do I feel right now in this moment. It's about zooming out and looking at the big picture of what your ultimate goal is. And that's your motivator to get it done. So Resist the impulse to always go with what's comfortable in the moment. Predetermine what it is that you want to do based on what it is that you want to feel and achieve in your life. And then build confidence in yourself by 
keeping the promises that you make to yourself. If the promises are too big, make them smaller. Make them doable, just just doable enough, but that they'll stretch you a little bit. And because your wellness and how how you feel directly impacts your business. A hundred percent. I mean, I can't say it enough times. People can sense your energy. It will shine through in what you do. Not only will your business be better for it, the people that you directly impact in this world will be better for it because you'll be modeling something that should be perpetuated in our society. So to me, it's an ethical thing. All the different parts of your life feed each other. None of them is like mutually exclusive. It's all one life. So when you make yourself stronger, when you become a more present parent, when you become a healthier version of yourself, you allow everyone around you to do that too. And you allow your business to thrive because you are thriving. What if you need a break? Like when we got on our call this morning, I said, how are you? And you were like, good. And I said, that didn't sound really good. What's going on? And you were like, I just want to watch The Bachelor today. (laughs) I just need a rest day. So what happens when it's like, okay, okay, we've gone, we've taken this too far. We're burned out. Now what? Yeah, I think if you're at that point, you do take a break. Um, Sometimes stepping back is moving forward. And forcing things is almost never the answer. So it's either how can I simplify? How can I scale back? How can I make my processes more efficient, both in business and in life? How can I get help? And sometimes it's just straight up, let's, this is a season of pause. Just think about the earth and the way it functions. It has seasons, things grow in seasons. Things have times when they're flourishing and times when they literally fall to the ground to their death only to be reborn later. Like human beings are a part of that and we are not different. We have seasons. We have times when we it's like go time and it's time to like push through. And when you have a business, there are times when you have to do things you don't want to do. That is a reality. But there are also times of rest and recovery. And you need to trust that that process, that life cycle is built into our DNA as human beings and that you won't be behind. You know, you're right on time. Everything that – all the visions you have for your life and your business and what you want to do to make an impact as a teacher, those won't go away just because you take a rest, you know. Oh, and I I have this – concept that I stole from someone else, Dr. Will Cole, which is the joy of missing out. Taking joy and this idea of like sometimes not taking part in things. Hmm. Yeah. Can you just talk more about that? (laughs) Keep telling me. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I think this applies to marketing. I think it applies to life. But like we just in this day and age – feel the need to do all the things all the time and to be everywhere. And we just don't know how to rest. And I just think it's so important to 
realize that if you need rest, let's say like your friends are going out and you really don't want to celebrate that. Like you get to miss out on this thing or if you're not privy to all the things happening on the news at all times, celebrate that you are present in your own life. We need to reclaim this idea of single tasking. I don't know when it became so popular to put great at multitasking on your resume, but that is just a load of BS. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we, we should really be able to focus to enjoy and be present in our lives, whatever it is that we're doing. And to me, that's the joy of missing out. My mind, when you said that, goes to, of course, like saying no to things at school, because I think that that, for me, for a long time, I was the yes girl. I said yes to everything. Yes. Um, But it also, for me, goes to marketing because sometimes there's a new marketing trend and you're like, oh, the guilt. I I should be doing that. I need to add that to my strategy. I, sh- I should be creating reels. I should be on TikTok. I should be writing a blog, but I hate blogging. And it's like, ha- what if we just said, no, I don't have a blog and that's okay. And yeah. I'm, I'm great with that. Find joy in missing out on those things as well. To your first point about saying no to things, like that is where boundaries come in. A lot of times the answer to life's problems are saying no to something. And again, not always going to feel good. A lot of times it's what's right for you. And then with the marketing stuff, we were talking about that in our meeting, just this shiny object syndrome of all these new features and whatnot, which is where having the support of a mentor can be so invaluable because you can just decide to trust that the strategy that they've laid out based on their expertise and the input of your peers around you, like let's say in THU, um, Teacher Hustle University, that support can help you to not do all the things and to just trust in the process um, there And it should also be said that there are plenty of people that make plenty of money with their businesses without having like this really robust social media presence. Like they're not they're, – they're busier working on their thought leadership and on their product creation instead of getting in the weeds about like, you know, Instagram guides. <laughs> Totally. I haven't asked you yet what you think about Lush Cosmetics quitting social. I didn't even know about that. <laughs> oh, oh, you gotta read it. They quit. They they quit. They're done. What did they say? They are no longer going to be on social. You have to look it up. It's a whole thing in the marketing world because that was exactly the point. It was it was what is really gonna move the needle for us. And for them it was just not social. So they decided to step away from it as a brand. And yeah, we'll see how that works out. I, as a social media person, I love (laughs) that. Like, I just think that's so cool. Like, if you just think about some of the best thought leaders in our time or even in times before us, they were focused on their craft, you know, and they, their, whatever their peripheral strategy was it it was not the thing they spent every minute of their time on you know they they really spent the vast majority of their time either in reflection on walks or they or working on their craft 
or like socializing. You know, they had these robust, full lives and it all kind of fed fed them. And they're like, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about like um, a lot of the composers that I admire, you know, and uh, some of the best artists of all time and how they really became great. And it wasn't by spending all their time on marketing. It was really about honing their craft. And we obviously live in a different world now, but there are still plenty of people that make lots of money. And that is to say, like, you can't just rely on your social media for everything. Like you say, it's rented land. So um, you have to have a holistic strategy. Yeah, because I think that's not to say that that Lush Cosmetics doesn't have a marketing strategy or that they're not marketing anymore. Totally. It's that their marketing strategy is so dialed in and so intentional that they realized that social media wasn't moving them forward and was extra and that they could cut it. They could find joy in missing out on social. And so if Uh, that is what works for you... Yeah, if that's what, if that, you know, it's about taking stock in what's already going on in your marketing, figuring out what's working, what's not, like you said, based on analytics and your own feelings and energy, and then, and then making changes from there and focusing on what works. You can have uh, a lot of my listeners are TPT sellers. You can have a TPT store with 10 products in it and make just as much money as someone with a hundred products in it. You absolutely can. It's, how intentional yeah. are you about your business strategy and your marketing and where you're spending your time and what is the quality of those 10 products over the 100? So yeah, like is, are there ways to get more bang for your buck in every mm-hmm. facet, you know? And if you honed, I think some people aren't, they're afraid to let go of certain things because there's a million and one gurus telling you that you need to do all the reels and you need to do all the content and you need to do X, Y, Z. And it's like, well, if everyone's saying it, it must be true, but that's not true. They're making money off of convincing you of that, you know? And so the truth is that like different things kind of work for different people and different businesses, different industries. And you really have to like experiment and to also like take the leadership of mentors who have gone before you to help guide you. Yeah, we were talking. Um, so to give a, another little peek behind the scenes in our marketing meeting today, we were talking about, I said, what do you think makes Teacher House University different? I think I need to really point out like what makes this membership different. And we were talking about the fact that really my goal there is to help you choose your own adventure when it comes to marketing, build a marketing plan that makes sense, that's going to work, but that also is really just based in what you like, what your people like, what feels good and what's working. And it's, it's finding that strategy, uncovering that and then putting it into place. And it's so much better to look at that holistic view and then take action than it is to just try a bunch of random tactics that you heard you should be doing. Yeah. And I think a kind of a key to, to doing that is by picking like one, maybe two mentors and like literally muting everything else for the season that you're kind of learning from this person. And like, like literally I will mute people on social media left and right because I just, there are, 
there's so much that is distracting. And I think it's just invaluable to kind of pick a mentor and like put your blinders on a little bit. Now, I kind of contradicted myself because earlier I said it's important to have different viewpoints. (laughs) So I do still believe that in terms of like one-to-one interaction and making sure that you're not always in your own head. But just in terms of all the different people saying all the different things, you can decide to put your trust in in something and to put your trust in your intuition and your the strategy that you set out for yourself. And then like put the blinders on a little bit. If something's big enough, for instance, reels, it's going to probably catch your attention anyway. And then you can like consider if you need to, but probably your mentor will have already told you, Hey, this one's something to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. Totally. Okay. So, um, as Lisa from team THU always says, we are two bodies, one brain. (laughs) So we hope you enjoyed listening to our, a little sample of our back and forth. This is what we do all the time just sit here and strategize and talk philosophy when it comes to marketing. So I know that the listeners, um, that are not in THU who are in, you coach inside of THU. So the THU members are already connected with you, but those who are not in the membership may want to continue to connect with you. So where can they find you? Where can they hear more from you? Um, they can find me on Instagram at, I have two accounts. So for the wellness side, it's at cuppa low. So it's C-U-P-P-A underscore L-O. And then for the social media stuff, it's on Beeflow Digital at Beeflow Digital. And then my website is beeflowdigital.com. And then I'm just hanging out with Alyssa all the time in THU. So there's that. And your podcast. Talk about your podcast because I think they would love to listen to that one. Oh, yeah. So the podcast is called Philosophies and it's like many episodes, anywhere from like four to 10, sometimes 20 minutes when I get a little wild. And it's really, <laughs> it's really just philosophizing around um, marketing and wellness and how we can kind of balance all the things that we're doing. And usually, I'm musing and contradicting myself, like I did today. And but I try to give um, tangible takeaways when it comes to just making your wellness and your marketing doable for you. Yeah, I love your podcast. It's they're like little treats because there's like some nice music and you're reading a poem and there's some philosophy in there. It's like just a nice little treat. So go add that, go add that to your podcast player. You won't regret it. Thank you so much, Laura, for being here with us today. And I'm sure we'll hear from you again soon. But we so appreciate you taking the time and explaining how we can bring wellness and marketing together in one. So thank you. Thank you. I hope you loved hearing from Laura. We call her Coach Laura inside Teachers University. I hope you loved learning from Coach Laura today. I just love the way that Laura is able to combine her knowledge of marketing, specifically with social media and wellness. They're two topics that you don't normally think of as going together, but she does a wonderful job of helping you figure out how to navigate marketing in a way that grows your business, but also in a way that feels really good, authentic, genuine and leaves you space for other things. So as far as my big three takeaways from this episode, the first one for me is just having non-negotiables and having one of those non-negotiables be me 
right? We need to make ourselves a non-negotiable. And so she talked about morning routines and evening routines. And I think for me, this is part of what I need to make non-negotiable. I need to be thinking about being intentional with my mornings and evenings. It's one of those things where I am always happy when I do it, but I don't always do it. So scheduling that time in and making that a priority, I think for me is one of the biggest takeaways. The other big takeaway I had from this episode was this idea of taking joy and missing out. I am a natural homebody, so I always take joy in missing out. (laughs) But um, I love this idea of uh, missing out when it comes to marketing. Why can't we apply that to marketing? Why can't we say, oh, this brand new platform came out and everybody's on it? Well, that's not part of my marketing strategy, so I'm going to say no for right now. I think it's also applies really well to our businesses and making sure that we're saying no to things in our businesses as well. Of course, saying no to things in life that make you feel not so great, but also in your business. Kind of just listening to our intuition. And there were so many other takeaways, but another one that I just wanted to bring up was the scheduling of your off time. I know with full-time teaching and parenting and running a business, there is like no such thing as off time. But uh, Laura brought up this point that we'll take as much time as we have to do things. So if we can be really intentional, intentional, not intentionable, intentional about scheduling our time, um, our working hours, time that we're working on our business and time that we're not, I think it'll be easier to stick to if it is in a calendar. So for me, I am going to, I have been doing this for a while now. I have been intentionally taking the weekends off from working in my business, but I prefer to work in the evenings when my kids are asleep or during their nap times. So that is my preferred work time. And I have really tried to map out my hours and stick to them. And then on the weekends, I try to really stick to that off time too. So if you do one thing after this episode, I hope it is that you take out your calendar, you decide on your non-negotiables, you stick some time slots in there for working and also put some time slots in there where you will not be working so that you can take joy in missing out. I'll see you in the next episode. Don't forget to DM me, Teacher by Naptime, on Instagram with your listener questions so that I can answer them on the next podcast. And of course, please review this podcast. We so appreciate every review. We will be reading some of the reviews out loud in episodes this season. And so we really need you to please snap a photo, share, review, whatever you can do to spread the word. If you have a teacher friend who's looking to start an online business or grow their online business, please share this podcast with them if you think they will find it helpful. Hope to see you in the next episode and I hope you enjoy this new format of season three.